0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Take talk with you anywhere. On your computer or smartphone, log on to Talk1370.com. A beautiful, beautiful site. Stay connected with Talk 1370. The right choice.
0: Welcome to Speed City. With John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green, it's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City.
2: Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are live in Austin, Texas. Just had another weekend of racing. This is John Massengill here with Jonathan Green. How are you, Mr. Green? Howdy, folks.
3: Yeah, good, man. Good, man. It was uh, nice to be here for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Two weekends almost in a row. Two out of three ain't bad, as they no, say. not at all. And a uh, busy weekend. Great weather here for IMSA. Uh, An amazing, really, really amazing crowd for IMSA this weekend. It's growing in popularity year on year at this event. And I know that there's still sort of criticism that, um, you know, th- th- there isn't the, the, the vast amount of race fans here in Austin traditionally, but I tell you what, it's growing and most of the fans out there were, were Austinites, I think, this weekend. A lot of them were, um, uh, but it's very, very popular. Weather was out, people are enjoying it, it was good fun.
2: Yeah, it was a, f- it was really a great event. Well, this, uh, we get, let me tell you what we're going to talk about tonight, because obviously IMSA a lot this weekend here in Austin, so we're going to talk about that a lot. Uh, FIA World Endurance Championship at Spa. Amazing. One of the greatest racetracks in the world. It was fun to watch that. We're going to talk a lot about Spa. MotoGP at Jerez in Spain for the Spanish Grand Prix. That was, uh, it was a great. Great racing, and great to see that. And uh, we also have a special guest, because we have Ben Keating. The uh, IMSA driver in the AMG, and he's going to join us in about half hour. Yeah, an eventful weekend. Yeah, and he won in his class mm-hmm. here, right here in Austin. He's a Texan. He's running right down the road in, from the Houston area. Get
3: out, yeah, Tomball, Tomball, Ta- Texas. Tomball, Texas. I used to live down the road,
2: and he, away some. And so he's going to join us in about half hour, and we're going to talk a little about Alonso.
3: Yeah, and, definitely. And, I want to talk about that.
2: Yeah, because it was that was really cool the way they did that. So we're going to talk about the the testing we're talking about and the way they had gave everybody access. But let's, let's jump into this, what happened here in Austin, Jonathan, because it was jump. like we just started. It was a great race. And, of course, the Taylor brothers are on a roll, man.
3: Man, are they? And I mean, you know, it's that combination. They've always been good. Um, Wayne Taylor Racing, obviously, family run operation, Ricky, um, you know, and Jordan, fantastic. You probably heard if you were following our Twitter over the weekend, I interviewed them straight after their pole position. Uh, and it's always a different story when you kind of get behind the scenes thing because they had their own problems. But when you look at the tail of the tape, as it were, when you look at the results this year, they've been unbelievable, beatable. Now, the Cadillac is very, very good, but I think. In this combination of both Cadillac and the two Taylors, it, it's, it, you know, it's unstoppable um, at the moment yeah. anyway. And there really is. I was asking both. It's a good dr- interview, actually, because I was asking both drivers, given that they were brothers, everybody mm-hmm. says, oh, well, they've got great chemistry. And, you know, you, you could argue and say, well, is that the case? You know, I mean, do you yeah. actually share data or. And, and they said we both have different strengths and weaknesses in terms of how we drive the car. Jordan's saying he drives a little harder, um, sometimes to the detriment of the tires. uh, But Ricky's, you know. Smoother, uh, more finesse. And he's the the closer, (laughs) Ah. if you will. Um, But the the combination is scintillating right now. And that Cadillac is both a beauty to look at. And uh, it doesn't matter where you put it. um, It's going right through the grid as being the car to have. And a fantastic start because, you know, Cadillac just stepping back into this series It's a great story yeah. isn't it Um yeah. Cadillac in I mean you know we grew up in an era where Cadillac was you know, when I first came to America, Cadillacs were these big boats. We had one, a big Cadillac DeVille in Houston, Texas. And, you know, they, they've always been known for their luxury and plushness. I mean, you know, you could live in a Cadillac. Yeah. Uh, it's always a joke. But um, now they wanted to step it up in the last decade. Um, Max Angelelli um, and obviously the Taylor brothers. But um, as a group, uh, they've developed both their road cars and now racing cars. Now, And this... A uh, particular car that we're talking about, this prototype, um, again, is is a real removal from where Cadillac are as a as a car company because prototypes are don't even look like the cars you know that that you yeah. put on the roads. Yeah, now they've point. got the C, you know they got the CTS and they've got some great cars, but with, in the prototype, that's a that, that that's for purists uh, in racing. But for Cadillac to do that, good for them. Yeah, and of course with the CTS V and the ATS V now
2: this year. Last say this year, last year, mm-hmm. we have got a couple of really amazing road cars. Yeah. I mean, cts is now in the third generation of the V because yeah. the first gen had it had a 405-horsepower V8. And I was like, wow, Cadillac doing that. And then the next one had a 560-horsepower V8 supercharged. And now the latest one, 640 horsepower.
3: So we're talking some of the fastest cars on the planet, 200-mile-an-hour four-door sedan. You know, I think there's a podcast to be done on this, and I'd like to get somebody on from Cadillac because I'd like to understand – or see if the philosophy is what i think it is which is cadillac kind of probably thought to themselves how are we going to you know compete with the audis and the mercedes of this world um you know in the modern in, in, you know in the new millennium as it were and i think that's been a philosophy for the last 17 years or so is to bring cadillac up to scratch and, and i mean now if you step into a modern cadillac say like a, the road cars are multi powerful uh, engines and performance cars they don't roll around you don't roll around and you know it's a performance car now yeah. up there with with the Audi you know A8 or uh, BMW 7 series so on and so forth and there's something that they've done that they have put
2: Audi Mercedes BMW on the back foot and that is the magnetic ride that the Cadillacs have mm-hmm. offers the best on the planet in the compromise of ride versus handling because there there's a couple of cars how does that work it, it it's what they do is they have the the shocks have a a, a liquid in them right a, just like a lot of shocks they're they have a an oil in it like a motorbike shock yeah and so but what they have in that oil is they've got magnetic particles and they actually have electromagnets on the shocks and they can vary the viscosity of that oil that fluid with electronics with the computer and they started doing that years and years ago back in Back in the 90s, Cadillac invented this technology, and right now they started leasing the technology to for the likes of Ferrari, for example. So you know you've got something when, yeah, you're, yeah. when you're leasing your technology to Ferrari. So it's not
3: active suspension, but it's magnetic suspension. It,
2: well, it, they actually have all of that. Okay. But, but the real secret for the last few years has been that magnetic suspension, that that variable viscosity, the variable tension, and they can and they can do it at like multiple uh multiple times per second. So it's like the wheel's only turning like two inches and it can change it or maybe even an inch. It's really the resolution of that technology is crazy. Wow and they're using that in all their race programs and in the road car. Yep. I know that they're using it in all the road cars now and every and in fact it's funny, that stuff has trickled down. For example, the one of the greatest buys right now is the the chevrolet ss mm-hmm. so the chevrolet ss if you see it on the road you go it just looks like kind of like an impala or a or a chevrolet Cruise. it just looks like a very average chevrolet road car well this is the one that was built in australia you remember the uh yeah, the, yeah. Holden,
3: the holden well scenario. you know
2: they've brought they brought some cars over well the chevrolet ss was brought over from uh from the australian holden generation of cars over there And so they added that magnetic suspension to the Chevrolet SS. Oh, wow. So for this year, you can get it's one of the few cars on the planet you can get that amazing technology and handling. You can get a six speed automatic, I mean, a six speed shift transmission, manual shift with a big V8, with a 6.3 liter V8. It's really, it's a crazy, astounding buy. And I was reading on Motor Trend that, like, Johnny Lieberman, he's a big, uh, He's a big author on Motor Trend. He chose it as the best handling car, uh, best one of the best sedans and best handling co- combinations of all. Because and they had it. General Motors put it on sale for thirty percent off. It was a, an astounding buy. You could buy it for like thirty two thousand dollars a month ago. So anyway, that this technology is has trickled down even into that. It's trickled down into the Camaro. They use the same magnetic suspension in the Camaro. So they, they've really done some amazing things. But those halo cars, the CTS-V, the ATSV, and now the, the new Camaro with the supercharged V8 and the magnetic suspension, the ZL1, the, the latest version of the ZL1, is, a, is also a halo car for General Motors using all the same technology from the V cars.
3: You got it out. <laughs> you see, we just, don't, we just have to open your head now and again, and it's all in there. I love it. Yeah, I do like to talk my cars. I, well, talk on. You've got the right show. <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, I think we should. I think we should go deeper into this and try and get somebody from Cadillac and maybe do a, a, a general podcast on exactly what their philosophy is because it's working for sure. And Cadillac are kings without a doubt uh, here in the United States at the moment. But, of course, there are other classes... Um, as well um, the Daytona class once again Ford versus um, Ferrari, Ferrari yeah. yeah and there was a big accident at the front which involved actually one of the big Ferraris and one of the Corvettes um, and yeah that that's came, right yeah so so the battle wasn't the normal battle um, but again it rages on Ferrari winning out this time uh, same as they did in Weck in the same sort of class uh, as well so Ferrari and that 488 continuing to uh, m- you know uh, dominate there
2: yeah, and it's funny. It, uh, we'll talk about Weck later, but it was the same thing was happening over at WEC, the, yeah. the four GTS and the Ferrari four eighty eights. And speaking of the Ferrari four eighty eights, beautiful. I, I'm going to go off on a car tangent a little bit. Okay, okay. So go the, for it. The Ferrari four eighty eight. I guess it was last year it came out. You know the yes. the, the four five eight was looked at as like this magical car. You know, well it, it
3: was for a decade. It, it yeah. completely
2: dominated uh, GT racing using that same technology I was talking about. But that it was this magical car that it was. The best. It, it was the best handling. It was obviously high performance, and it was this the purest, purest car, you know, of race of yeah. of sports cars for the road, and just nothing could touch it. Well, they decided they needed more horsepower, right? And and these days, a simple way to add horsepower is turbochargers, so right? The four eighty eight. That's the difference. The it is a turbocharged. It's yeah. it's a turbocharged V eight. So and when that came out, everybody's like, oh no, Ferrari, it's gonna because the first thing you think of when you think of Ferrari is the sound, right? Yeah. Well, turbochargers. Think about where where they go. They go on the exhaust, yeah. so they muffle the sound. So it's like, oh no, you're going to destroy when they when they released they were they that they were going to have turbocharged Ferraris. You know the the Ferrariista were going crazy because they were like, it's going to destroy the sound. It's going to sound horrible. But of course, it's Ferrari. So they figured out a way to make a turbocharged car sound like a Ferrari. It still spins up to eighty five hundred RPMs. It still sounds gorgeous. Um.
3: But that that was a, an interesting little transition in the Ferrari world. And riddle me this. They've also solved a, pa- a problem that inherently, and, and you can, this is where my idiocy comes in here, but inherently, turbo cars uh, also at that highest level, I do a lot of Asian racing, as you know, and places like uh, Malaysia, really humid, and therefore there's, you literally can cut the air. There is no air to breathe, as it were, and that actually causes a, a, a problem for turbo charged cars because they're down on power at these you know at these very humid uh places but I know for a fact that the 488 is kicking ass over in Asia um so how did they solve that problem you know what i don't know how they solve
2: that problem <laughs> I, I know that turbocharged cars in like for example in cold dry air can make a ton more power sure. i had a supercharged corvette it was aftermarket supercharged and i bet you that car would make another 75 horsepower when it was cold and that's no exaggeration because it wasn't it was home engineered by me. It wasn't engineered by the factory, but like in the in high altitudes, turbocharged cars will leave their counterparts in the dust. But the humidity, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why they have trouble in Asia with those. But
3: but turbocharged cars, oh, it's, just, it's just lack of air. I mean, you're trying to force air and but, ram it in there. And, but it's got to be the humidity portion. Yeah, that's because what it is. Yeah.
2: colder, drier air will make any turbo car sure. uh, make a ton more power. Well, hey, Jonathan, we got to take a break. So when we come back, we're going to continue a little more discussion about IMSA and, of course. Don't forget, in about 15 minutes, we have Ben Keating joining us live to tell us about his victory right here in Austin at Circuit of the Americas for the Advanced Auto Parts Showdown, Sports Car Showdown. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned for these messages.
0: I like it like that. I like it like, it, like it.
3: MV Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory-authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the world supersport winning triple F3, 675, and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade in, consignments welcome, and financing available. To Kelly Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I 35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders, Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane
1: check in and stay up to date all day long in the car on my way to work heading home listening online keeps you in touch while you work at talk 1370.com get it right now talk 1370 anywhere i need the right choice making talk radio great again somebody has to come out and tell it like it is talk 1370 the right choice
2: Danny Walker from American Supercamp and the Broster Chicken Road Race Factory
4: team, and you are listening to Speed City, so get your elbows up.
3: <laughs> elbows up. That's Danny Walker, who <laughs> runs uh, Jake Gagne in Moto America, and that he's right. Elbows up is what he tells you when you're riding on the dirt. It's very similar to Colin Edwards' boot camp, small bikes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, elbows up, elbows up, because that's what they want. The balance is all in your elbows. But uh, it's uh, certainly elbows up in the uh, broster chicken, why did it cross the road, <laughs> genuine Honda, because Jake Gagne is uh, trying to muscle that new bike, uh, as is uh, Nicky Hayden and um, Stefan Bradle at the world level. Um, but uh, Honda back in Moto America. So Danny Walker's team, it's good to hear him.
2: Well, let's wrap up the IMSA series here in Austin. I, obviously, the crowd was huge. I, I don't know what the crowd was, but, and you're right, Jonathan, Austin is paying attention now. It's taken a few years, but there's tons of people that love. I met some uh, some fans today, and they said that they have a big group of guys, and they all get together, guys and gals, and they get together, uh and, and they had not stumbled across our show yet, and they're like, oh, it's so exciting. We got an Austin radio show, and and uh' and it 's it's growing isn 't it and what and the whole key to this is he said a lot of them weren 't uh race fans, he said a lot of them were car guys and gals, yeah, but they weren 't race fans, and now they are he said he said it was a group of about twenty five and uh, but the point is is that they 've grown from just being car people because you know. Americans love their cars, to being race fans because mm. of what's happened here in Austin.
3: So. And also, I think it, uh, I mean, you know, you've got to look at the, the grand zero of this. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, sports car racing in this country was split. I think people didn't understand prototypes. Wet was just emerging. It's now top of its game, and the TV package, et cetera, is, is second to none. So uh, sports car racing in general and proto- uh, Excuse me, um, GT racing, yeah. Has grown dramatically in the last few years, and now with a unified world championship and a unified sports car championship. I mean, look at the peripheries to this, which is Pirelli World Challenge. Uh, very strong at the moment, stands on its own. It too will be coming to yeah. the Circuit of the Americas, and at the end of the year, a Hankook 24-hour race. Yeah. Um, so, in other words, more and more people are using production cars or GT. High-end production cars um, Exotic production cars To go racing And I think the interest is there Because these are cars you'll see I mean, you know We've been watching the i8 uh, From BMW I don't know if anybody races that But it's uh, we
0: both stumbled across Yeah, here the in road. Austin, you
3: know Yeah, there must be Two or three of them at least but. but there's an interest In sports cars And exotic cars now And to watch them race um, It's a great afternoon out And I think that's another thing Is that the, the Circuit of the Americas Is also, you know Warming up to, to What to do with its crowd And how to entertain them uh, for, for a full weekend um that isn't just about racing There's there's you know activities of, as well and you know what
2: was so great about this weekend and you saw me doing it is that is when you're going when you get a, a, a ticket to go see this race here in Austin you get to get into the paddock yeah and that means you get to get your head right up next to the cars and you're right there with them and that the same crowd that I was talking about all these people that are gearheads and that are that love their cars and they are learning about racing, they're looking at those cars going, oh, my gosh, that is amazing. Look yeah.
3: what they've done to this Aston Martin, this AMG, this Corvette. Yeah. And, and, and you look can at the bring race little, parts. You can and, bring little Jimmy. Uh, you yeah, know what I mean? You, yeah. I mean, you and I were probably the same. We went to car races when we were young and it, it stuck with us Uh certainly with me right. um, when I was probably about four five or six my dad took me down to Brands Hatch and you know I was smitten minute I'm down with my autograph book and all that sort of stuff so yeah taking pictures by cars and all that kind of stuff so getting the opportunity to do that is big but also I think um, you know concerts Kings of Leon are going out there this week there's more going on out there there was a rap uh, festival yeah. going on right in the middle of him this, so uh, this weekend it took us by surprise we were like eh, what
2: is yeah, where, we were, where are all these young young kiddos going? Yeah, we were driving up and we saw. said, "Wow, there's a lot of young people, really young people, interested in sports cars." Yeah, and it turns out they were there for a rap concert and uh, going on at the same time. But that's hey, that's great. More more power, Dakota for. Doing what they can with the and land. Barcelona
3: are coming. The big. I mean, yeah. no one's really. Again, I don't. I, again, if you're not a soccer fan, I. I, I don't mind that. Uh, but I'm looking across at Westlake High School, and there's plenty of soccer going on over there at the moment. Uh, soccer's a massive sport now in this in this country. But I don't think uh, still the connection is made between just how big Barcelona are one of the biggest sports franchise worldwide. So if you take the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. if you take uh, the Yankees. L.A. Lakers, yeah. uh, the New York Yankees. Uh, You then start Real Madrid... Manchester United and Barcelona are the three biggest football teams in the world. And maybe Boccas Jr. in uh, Brazil in terms of you know interest and also money uh, generated from their shirts and merchandisers and so on and so forth. And any one of those potentially, I don't know the numbers, but they could be bigger than all of the American ones you just described. They could be bigger in audience. I think the only NFL franchise that, that, that ranks among them, and I think Sport Money is the place to look at that. Yeah. I remember looking at a show on, on Sport Money to talk about. About that, but I think Dallas is the only franchise that holds a candle to to the likes of Real Madrid,
2: yeah, I and bet Barcelona. So.
3: Yeah, I mean
2: because of the global reach that those teams have. I mean, I know the Cowboys and the Yankees probably have pretty big global audiences, but I don't think they're as big as those. that's
3: what's so amazing about soccer, and, and 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 I'm so glad it's finally settled here in the states because it was a long time coming. Um, but it's just a global game, you know. You, I mean, people play it with, you know a bag of paper you know in poor countries and, and then and they pay it at the highest level and in the snow you name it. it everybody can play soccer and i think it's one of those great sporting uh things i'm so happy that austin's getting involved with the biggest company you know with the biggest uh football team in the world yep well i think anything else from um here at austin and from the imsa
2: race jonathan before we move on because obviously the corvettes won but there was a Corvette that crashed the four gts um let's see i'm just looking down the list and seeing everybody did but i mean any other
3: big stories that jump out because i'm um, not really i mean it, i mean it was a it was a race that went to form except for that big crash at the beginning as we saw um it was good i, I mean it was great it was a you know a great spectacle um i think you know the Taylors have definitely got a, a target on their back now and i wonder if yeah. they can keep this going because four in a row now uh pretty impressive and very different tracks too you know Daytona, oh, good point. Yeah. Long Beach, uh, you know places that you know are completely different. Uh, they go to Detroit next, um, but uh, this is this is you know I think uh, the Taylors are quietly crossing their fingers that this could be a massive year for them. Well, let's talk about WEC. Um, yeah, and you know it's, before
2: we go too far, I noticed that weck and I don't, I don't remember them doing this last year, but you can watch the full race uh, after the fact on YouTube now. I think it's a brilliant move by
3: Weck. That's a great move. I did not know that.
2: Yeah. I just stumbled across it today. I was like, wow, there's the whole race right here on YouTube from uh, World Endurance Championship. So... But spa, man, how was it looking at those sports cars and prototypes going through En Rouge once again? Just, you know, that, that there's nothing like spa.
3: Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my hat off to, I think, what was, uh, some of the best commentary I've heard. I think the combination of Bob Varsha and Calvin Fish, really good and really insightful. Uh, both men really doing their homework as they always have. I don't mean that they haven't, but yeah. they, they really brought me. I mean, I thought I was kind of like, oh, I've seen this, done that type thing. Uh, but, some of their descriptions about the heavy cars loaded down, hitting the boards, uh, going through Eau Rouge, bottoming out effectively and then going light as they hit the crest of that. It really brought you into the sport uh, and, and, and makes you really think about just how fast they're going. Um But yeah, generally speaking, just um, a fantastic circuit uh, in so many ways. So many places to overtake. And of course, once you get into it and in six hours, you're going to have plenty of overtaking because the, you know, the prototypes are so much faster than the GTs.
2: Yeah, and of course the um, you were t- real quick before I go any further. You were talking about the tire, the, uh, the going through on Rouge and the hitting the bottom. Yeah, they were talking
3: about when the cars tire were pressures. cold. Yeah, yeah,
2: the, the cars were uh, were lower to the ground. Yeah. So that's one one reason why they're scraping. And did but- you
3: see that one moment in the second hour? Ford and um, uh, one of the Fords and one of the Ferraris going head to head, flat out down on Rouge.
2: Oh, ah, yeah. big moment. Yeah, that's got to be just incredible for those guys. Uh, you know, because everybody's watched Formula One cars go through there. Sure. At, but insane. they're on rails, man. Yeah, I know. It's true. It's true. And, you know, speaking of Formula One cars there in comparison, did you hear that, uh I don't know, it was Varsha, one of the other guys talking about, maybe Calvin Fish, but... Uh, saying that those cars were seven seconds off a Formula One car track there. That's how fast a wet car is now. Yeah,
3: I mean, that's why basically the guys driving them are either Formula One drivers or potential. Yeah. yeah. So anybody young uh, doing that, seen like Obamba for example you know frankly they're they're driving as good as any formula one driver and when you when you look at Buemi and and davidson and conway you know yeah it reads like a who's who kobayashi you know um these these guys are all capable of, of being in formula one well and think about it spa's a long track it's over it's over four and a half or almost four and a half miles yeah so
2: seven seconds that's getting pretty close i mean you you might find some slow f1 cars towards the back of that Mm -hmm. because by the way that was seven seconds off lewis hamilton's winning time last year at spa so i wouldn't be a bit surprised if you if you had a formula one car you know maybe not in its prime or whatever that's running the same speed as that wet car
3: which is why i think so many drivers i mean weber included um find themselves in the perfect position to join WEC. Um, and find themselves to be straight into a factory team, like, like, as did Weber. Uh, but also a remarkable challenge, having worked as an individual all your life, uh, to try, you know, uh, solely do what your own, on your own thing. And then suddenly you've got two other teammates. Really, yep. really interesting. Um, but let's talk about what happened because Toyota have taken their second victory, uh, of the year, which is a real, uh, we all wondered what would happen, um, when Audi. Audi pulled out. Yep. And Porsche have been dominating for the last two years. And Porsche won the but toyota won the race correct? yeah Yeah, and toyota looked really good and it wasn't actually the team that we expected to win the race mike conway uh, and kobayashi um (laughs) were leading most of the way yeah Um, it was was like the last last lap for sure right not far off yeah last few minutes
2: yeah and um and and look with porsche not winning it with i mean it's really interesting without it being gone and toyota and porsche going head to head with this but um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure who I want to see or what story I want to see out of LMP1 in, in
3: WEC. but I'd love to see Toyota. I mean, you know, after the way they were denied last year at uh, Le Mans, I'd love to see them. Continue this form. And I mean, we know yeah. that Porsche are certainly not going to make up the numbers. Uh, they've got a really interesting um, lineup with Bernhard, Bamber and Hartley. Uh, good to see them on the podium. Uh, and obviously, Yanni, Lottery, uh, Lottery, <laughs> Lotterer, yeah. and Tandy, but uh, it's no lottery about Lotterer. He's settling down yeah. nicely in that Porsche team. And, um, yeah, I mean, third card for Toyota. That will also finish in the top five. That was Sarazan, Lapierre, and Kurimoto. Um, but congratulations to, um, to Sebastian Bohemi. Anthony Davidson and Nakajima, of course, uh, taking their victory. And it, it sets up well for both Le Mans coming up next in June, um, yep. but also... Can't believe it's already Le Mans time. Well, you know, and once you've done Le Mans, then you've got to start looking towards September and, you know, Circuit of the Americas because that's coming up pretty quick. Yep. So right. hopefully we'll have a real Porsche-Toyota battle by the time they get here.
2: Yeah, the other, we gotta, we gotta go to break, but the last battle really that I want to talk about was, again, the Ford GTs and Ferraris. Sure. That was so good. You could tell, I mean, Ferrari had, had beat them in qualifying, but the, it's so great to see the Ford GTs back and doing so well.
3: Yeah. And it, I think Ferrari are going to keep them honest as they are here in the States. Uh, David Egon and Sam Bird. Sam Bird, of course, Formula E driver. Um, another one of these should be Formula One drivers, but, uh, Doing doing the business today, and likewise the other Ferrari of Collado and Piquetti, uh, really strong again. Well, we're going to go to break,
2: and we come back. We're going to we're going to talk to another guy who should probably be racing in Formula One, Ben mm-hmm. Keating. There you go. All right, stay tuned to Speed City. We're live in Austin. Back after these messages.
4: ridden motorcycles in this part of the country for long, no doubt you know of Bud's motorcycle shop. Bud left this world a while back, but his legendary Harley service rides on. No longer is Bud's in downtown Austin. It is now Revels Heavy Duty, and they've moved out by the Formula One track. You'll see all the familiar faces, so bring in your new, used, and abused. But there's no sign of shiny showroom prices. So check
3: it out at
4: RevelsHeavyDuty.com.
3: Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The racetrack. It's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin, and Rolls-Royce motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles, whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey, because you're never just along for the ride. Highway
1: 183 north of... Texas weather can change on a dime.
3: Flash flooding is expected to
4: begin shortly.
1: When the weather turns severe, turn to us for what you need to know on air and online at Talk1370.com. Talk1370—the right choice. Talk1370 is everywhere with the new Talk app. Get it now at Talk1370.com. So Andy Prio driving for Ford
4: Chip Ganassi Racing, and this is Speed City.
3: There you go. And Thank Prio. you, Dylan. Andy Priolux. Priolux. <laughs> That's how they spell his name. They, they 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 actually came as a world champion to Macau once, and we were doing a doc. I did a documentary on it, which yeah. I, I should put up on our our YouTube site because it's good. <laughs> um, but but it's really funny because they literally, you know, when he first raced, no one could say his name. Um, <laughs> of course, his name is spelled so weird. Well, it's French. It's French. He's a Guernseyman. He's from um, Oh, that Channel explains it for me. Well, there you go. Well, yeah, but <laughs> Prio and. Uh, all okay. these kind of French sounding names uh, how you say Ricky Bobby Ricky Bubby. <laughs> I'm coming to get you Andy Prio uh,
2: <laughs> alright we're going to bring our next guest going because he's like me he's a Texan he's going to talk normal
3: oh, well okay yeah fair <laughs> enough I used to be his neighbor because I lived in Champions and he'll know exactly where that
2: is alright we're very excited to welcome our next guest who had a fantastic day right here in Austin yesterday out at Kota Ben Keating welcome back to Speed City
4: Howdy, y'all? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nicely played. Well, congratulations, Ben! Fantastic yesterday.
4: Unbelievable weekend. I, uh, I mean, unbelievable season. Uh, we've just had a, a fairy tale season so far, uh, and uh, no better way to uh, to continue it than to have a win in uh, in my backyard.
3: I was going to say, in a backyard, you're making your front yard as well because <laughs> fourth win in five starts at uh, Coda.
4: That's right. We had an off <laughs> year last year, but eighty uh, percent is still pretty good.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> but it wasn't without drama. Um, you and your teammate um, were having to, to work it, right?
4: That's right. Uh, you know, we we didn't expect to have uh, the top speed to be able to uh, to compete on some of those long straights out of Circuit of the Americas. Uh, but uh, you know, it, we we discounted the power of a draft. I think uh, so. It worked out pretty well. The uh, the downforce on that AMG GT3 worked really well uh, at uh, at COTA you know, as uh, the, the tires fall off pretty quickly uh, at uh, out at Circuit of the Americas and uh, so we didn't have the fastest car in qualifying or at the beginning of a stint uh, but uh, it really helped us a ton. Uh, in our race ability, our ability to uh, work our way up front throughout a stint, as we watch the other cars around us uh, use up their tires. So it was a it was a really dramatic race, as you said, and uh, and uh, just a great, almost unexpected win. Uh, we are just uh, the, everyone on the team, uh, the car has been perfect. Everybody on the team has been perfect. Uh, we haven't put a wheel wrong yet uh, all season, and uh, and we've been rewarded for it.
3: Tell me a little bit about the Mercedes AMG, because I've watched it, uh, in the last few years at both Macau and in the GT Asia series. And, and just talking to the drivers and engineers, um, when you look at that car, it looks very big at the front. It looks like it would be a hard, car to handle, but like I said, they, they dominated uh, Macau uh, and places like that, so it just seems as though it's actually one of the best or sweetest handling cars out there. Is that the case?
4: Well, you know, you, you say it looks kind of big with a big front end. It, to me, it looks like kind of like a Viper.
3: Uh-huh,
2: yeah, <laughs> which,
4: which we're very familiar with, but it, act, it actually handles uh, uh, quite differently than the Viper. The, the, the Viper head didn't have much downforce and was really good on top speed. Uh, and uh the the AMG is 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 different than that very different than that uh it is uh incredible suspension dynamics uh, incredible aero and uh, just the way it handles uh the way it does whatever you ask it to do uh, is amazing it's the it's the best driving race car that uh, uh that I've ever driven it's it's really incredible Uh, In that, uh, you know, the biggest question people ask me is, well, how is it different than the Viper? And, uh, you know, it's still a a big displacement, naturally aspirated uh, uh, engine with lots of torque and a front engine, similar wheelbase. But uh, the biggest difference to me is that when you made a mistake in the Viper, uh, it would cost you a half a second. And when you make a mistake in the AMG, it costs you two tenths. It's so comfortable uh, to drive uh, at the limit uh, which is uh, you know is what you need for an endurance race you, you have several different drivers uh, put in lots of different types of situations when you've got four different classes racing on the track at the same time uh, and the way the way the, the car is able to handle every different situation is uh, is good it's just a well-rounded machine you know the 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 Viper production, this is the last year of the street car, uh, and uh, because of our success in the Viper, whether it was with Riley or with Jerome and myself, uh, we were pretty popular around the paddock last year. We made it well known that we were going to uh, switch manufacturers, and uh, we were incredibly excited to find out that Mercedes-Benz and AMG wanted to race their GT3 car uh, in North America uh, in IMSA, and because... You know, I I look at across the uh, the world at the various endurance races, and I have to think that the Nurburgring, the twenty four hours of the Nurburgring, it's got to be one of the most difficult races, yeah, uh, to, to for a car to uh, to withstand uh, and all the different situations that exist there. And they swept the podium, you know, one, two, three uh, were AMG GT three wow. cars, and uh, uh, that was all I needed to see to uh, uh, to uh, uh, you know. To to know where I really wanted to be, but you know, and uh, and it, it's it was the right choice, I guess I would say.
2: You know, I could see the the attraction, though. I mean, Viper, big American muscle car, but the AMGs are kind of the same way. All the AMGs are kind of similar, big V8s, big you know muscle cars, but obviously the finesse and. Uh, and the handling like you're talking about, well Ben I want to ask you something I want to go back to the tires you're talking about when the tires were falling off it. It looked like, and this is no scientific at, at all, but it looked like the the tires would fall off, but then you kind of stabilize for a long period of time, or were they or were they degrading in a in a linear fashion
4: so hey, I want to be very uh very clear that uh, uh this is not you know we race on continental tires, this is not a continental tire issue the the continental right. tires are great uh, i've raced uh, there on many different types of tires uh, and it is uh, it happens to every tire and it it's interesting it's not that the track is hard uh, on the tires it doesn't eat up the tires uh, you know the tires still uh, look like they're in good shape uh, but as you say you know it uh, uh, they they drop off and then they stabilize but uh, you only get uh, maybe three or four laps of really good uh, sweet spot out of the tire and, and the, it, it, for some reason at that track, the difference between the sweet spot and the stabilized tire, if you will, is, uh, is, is over two seconds. Uh, and so it's a big difference uh, in terms of you know, your strategy and, and, and how you use the tires and, and of course you know, as you know, as, as usual with any track and any tire, you know, if you if you push it over its limit for too long, sure, it continues to drop off. So, you know, if you're in a battle with another car, you're trying to get around a car, and you know, you're you're coming around uh, so many of those uh, tight corners and and trying to get out of there, get a good exit. You overheat the rears by by sliding sideways and spinning around, or uh, or coming around the carousel as the as the track falls away from you there in sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that's just a really long curve, and you can just eat the fronts up if you push it uh, too hard. Uh, and, and so, you know, in our in our GT three car, of course, we have both traction control and ABS uh, and we turned, you know, we turned all of those uh, settings in our car up to what would normally be like a a, a rain setting, huh. a wet setting, uh, because uh, uh, because we wanted to save the tire. Interesting. Uh, it, 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 it turned out to be a, a good strategy for us, because uh, you know, who cares how fast you are in the first 30 minutes of a stint? All you care about is how fast you are at the end. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs>
3: Talking about beginnings and endings, I want to talk about your career because we have a lot of big stars, including yourself, guys who are hooning round uh, of a Saturday afternoon around the circuit of the Americas. And I'm sure little little Jimmy was sitting in the crowd there, going, "I oh, yeah, I'd love to do that one day." Uh, and it always looks like you know uh, unobtainium um, to the to the mere mortals. But you started, you got a Christmas present, and you got a chance to do a track day, and you would that was it, right?
4: That's right. I'm I'm 46 years old. Uh, you know, in uh, 10 years ago, my wife bought me a weekend. I went out to Texas World Speedway in College Station, uh, in a Viper off of uh, the showroom of the dealership. Uh, and I, uh, I didn't take a helmet, I didn't <laughs> take any tools, I, I didn't know anything. I, I, prom- <laughs> I, I borrowed a, an open face helmet from the track and I quickly went out and boiled my brake fluid which I didn't even know what that was <laughs> I, 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 and uh, uh I mean as as is typical uh, the the incredible camaraderie and crowd there at the track quickly uh, uh, educated me on what I'd done and let me borrow the, you know teach me how to fix it so I, hmm. I uh, uh, you know we bled the brakes and I went back out but I was completely hooked and uh I, I bought a car and Golly, I went out in the first six events. I went in. I had six incidences. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got put on probation, and I uh, uh, and uh, that's exactly what I needed. So I, I learned that I was I was trying too hard, and I was overdriving the car. And uh, and uh, you know I've, uh, I, I I'm very competitive, but uh, I, I I love driving a car. I'm lucky enough to be in the car business, which helps me justify it at least a little bit at least helps me afford to do it uh and uh, uh and uh, kept doing it kept going up different levels of uh, of competitiveness and doing well uh and uh just kind of a dream come true to uh to be able to jump up into the American Le Mans series at the time in 2013 jump up into endurance racing uh and and that's really what I love I I, I love all the yeah you know, uh, most of the club racing i grew up doing were you know 40 45 minute races and, and they're fun the sprint races are fun and great but uh there's just so much more drama that comes out of switching drivers and having different classes on the track and having pit stops and and there's so many more things that can go on there uh and you know with the ability to get laps back and that type of thing you're never out of it you know i i at daytona the 24 hour race i've been down five, six laps, uh, most years and, and been able to get back on the lead lap. And, and so I, I love the drama. I love the ups and downs and, and therefore I love endurance racing. So I, I just completely hooked and feel blessed enough to be able to continue doing it.
2: You know, it's been, it's funny. Uh, my, my, uh, I always loved cars and racing was always on the periphery of what I like to do. But one of, one of the things that, Tricked me, pushed me over the edge to racing was my trip to Texas World in College Station, and with a group of we were you Aggie stick together. We, I'm an Aggie as well, but we also <laughs> we were driving the competing car in the day because we these were ZR1s. This was back in the LT5 ZR1 day. Remember the uh, 32 yeah, valve? Yeah. Well, a bunch of us had those ZR1s, and we drove up to Texas World, and we were waiting in the gate to go in the inside, and it started raining, and we we're like, no, <laughs> but. But uh but it, it dried off and we got to, to John as Jonathan puts it, hoon around that track. <laughs> and that kinda changed the world for me for racing. I didn't go as far as you did, obviously. But that's funny that we both had that exact same experience. That was about that was about fifteen wow. years ago for me. So I was just a, a few years ahead of you, but very similar in the way I uh moved into racing.
4: Yeah, I still love that place. It's yeah. one of my favorite places on the on the globe.
3: I got to get one more thing out of you, Ben, because I always like when when we have drivers on to sort of get them out of their comfort zone a little bit. Because I know you follow, you know, you follow the scene like everybody else. I got to get your sure. take on Alonso. What do you think about the decision Fernando Alonso has made to come to America and take on the greatest spectacle in racing?
4: I think it's awesome. I mean, yeah. I, 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 OK, it doesn't really matter what I think, what what impresses me is that over 2 million people watched him test
3: i yeah. is, is, we were going to talk about that and i just wanted to get your take on it because that's I mean, that was that's, what, it's just insane isn't it I, mean,
4: I don't know how many people watch the actual Indy 500 <laughs> but yeah. for 2 million people to get on and watch him go around in circles by himself is a pretty big deal no yeah. kidding so,
3: uh, and you know Zach brown must be <laughs> must be laughing his suit because on the one hand the honda pr Disaster that is Formula One is now somehow being rescued. <laughs> yeah,
4: that's right. And you know, the fact is, he's not in a Ferrari or a Mercedes, and so uh, he, he's probably not going to do that well in Monaco. Uh, uh, and yeah. so, therefore, uh, why not? I, I mean, uh, I think it's awesome. Uh, you know, there. You know, I just went to the Road Racing uh, Drivers Club uh, banquet at Long Beach when we were there, and they were honoring. AJ Foyt and Dan Gurney and uh, Emerson Fittipaldi and they were all there and it was an unbelievable deal uh but to sit there and listen to those guys on the stage talk about uh you know I, I and I'm not going to get the stats right but you know Dan Gurney uh you know they won Le Mans in '67 and then that next weekend he went to Spa and won uh in in his own car in his Eagle that he built uh and then uh, came to the United States and won in a Trans Am car, and uh, and you know AJ Foyt is the only driver to have won the Indy 500 and the Daytona 500 and the 24 Hours of Daytona and the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and that type of driver just doesn't exist much anymore. Uh, and so for Alonso to you know he's a he's a, a world champion. He's been there and done that. Mm-hmm. For him to come over and uh, just to compete uh, in the greatest spectacle in racing, is uh, it's awesome. I, I encourage it. I love it, uh, and I wish there was more of it.
3: Yeah, I do too, and I think he will go on to find a way to get into Le Mans, obviously, um, and I think he'll continue to come back, actually, um, once now he's done it. I think even even if it uh, means, I mean, obviously, if he's challenging for, For uh, and I also think that now with Americans running Formula One, there might be a look at uh, Ooh, how, yeah. to, how to change that, because I, I honestly think that Formula One and Indy have gone head-to-head as though there's been some competition, and they're very different animals, um, and I and I always thought that the, the, having this, having those two spectacles on the same day was over the top, and I hope that changes that's my ten cents but uh, because they're two fantastic spectacles. but I think Alonzo, uh, like he always has done, is cracking the mold
4: you bet. I, I'm uh, I'm hoping I can be the first one to make that call, and I can get him uh, uh, <laughs> on on my 24 hours of Lamont team.
3: There yeah. you go. <laughs> well, let's start a competition. Who's Alonso going to drive with? I love it. <laughs> well, Ben, keep on winning. I mean, what can we say? I mean, it's just been a, a fairy tale start to the season,
4: for sure. Yeah, uh, Lee, it's it's really unbelievable, uh, and uh, you know, it, the only. Uh, the only team that I that has obviously done, uh, had a better performance so far, uh, than, than we have had is, is the number 10, uh, Cadillac with the Wayne Taylor racing guys. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I'm excited that, uh, uh, you know, I will be at the 24 hours of Le Mans with Jerome and I, and Ricky Taylor will be with us in a LMP 2 uh, this year. And so, uh, uh, if if luck has anything to do with it, uh, uh, we've got the right group of, of people together. We're on a roll.
2: Yeah, well, that's uh, you. You guys are obviously doing well, so just keep it up. Well, well, Ben, any you uh, you want to plug your team, your your dealers, Viper Exchange? Anybody you want to give any credit to? Man, here?
4: I, I appreciate that. I will <laughs> always plug Viper Exchange. There you go. <laughs> it's interesting for us uh, as being the number one volume Viper dealer in the world. You know, uh, we really wanted to race uh, an AMG from the beginning. But I struggled with it. I sell 17 different brands of cars, and, and uh, I told AMG, I said, I can't race something I don't sell. Uh, uh-huh. And so the, the short version is that uh, I am uh, 18. I'm, I'm just starting to break ground on a new Mercedes-Benz uh, awesome. Uh, awesome. dealership <laughs> in, in College Station.
2: Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's great. So that's uh, awesome.
4: uh, it, uh, it's the first time I can point to racing and say, uh, it, it is, uh, it, it actually might make me some money.
2: Yeah. Well, that's great, man. <laughs> that's, that's a great way to do it. <laughs> so,
4: uh, you know, in, in future years, uh, I should be able to promote, uh, you know, I, I don't know, uh, uh, I don't know what the, what the website will be. I, I don't think it'll be, uh, you know, Mercedes exchange or AMG exchange, uh, <laughs> It' was a really funny story. we We actually went out and uh, uh, and uh, reserved the site for Exotics exchange. Uh, and we were going to go into the supercar, exotic supercar uh, deal, but we had so much uh, 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 you know, uh, value in Viper exchange. We went out and uh, uh, and reserved the site exoticsexchange.com yeah and uh i asked someone else to look at it to talk talk about building a site and he says, uh, "Tell me what you want me to build for a site named Exotic Sex Change." <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
2: I can't believe uh, I didn't so, get uh, that before uh, you uh, went there. That is uh, crazy.
4: <laughs> we we had to rethink that. So yeah, uh, we don't have anything yet. To, <laughs> so right now we're just enjoying racing the the AMG uh, and uh, promoting Mercedes Benz. We've got a you know got a big lead in the Manufacturers Championship and the team championship, and the, the driver's championship. And so, you know, the, the Mercedes-AMG has won the last three races in a row. Uh, we got third place at Daytona, and uh, just having a spectacular time. I got to represent uh, 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 Mercedes and AMG this morning back at COTA again uh, with the, the Texas Auto Riders uh, uh, Association had their – uh, uh, drive event at Coda this morning, and so I got to take some journalists on some thrilling rides this morning.
3: Oh, and, uh, well, and, where uh, were we? Yeah, movie. where was the where was the call, Ben? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: a good question.
2: Got him on the spot. Well, Ben, we got to <laughs> we got to wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming back on Speed City. We we're, we really appreciate it. You're a yeah. fantastic guest on the show, and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season.
4: Thank you. Call anytime. I love uh, love visiting with you guys. Appreciate what you do. All right. Thanks, Pam.
2: Thanks a lot, Ben.
4: All right.
2: See ya. Bye. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Live from Austin. This is Speed City. We'll be back after these messages.
3: Mm-hmm. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas, with over ten thousand square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders, Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video 2438 West Anderson Lane. MV Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory-authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the world supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 Envy Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of Envy Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I 35. If every talk
4: radio program were the same, what would be the point? The Michael Berry Show is a little bit different. We're going to talk about politics, but we'll also talk about how great it is to live in Texas. Weekdays, 5 to 7, on Talk 1370. It's the Michael Berry Show.
1: When news happens, it happens here. Talk 1370, the right choice.
4: Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City.
2: It's Felipe Massa. Si, obrigado, Felipe. Dude, we got we to gotta
3: talk a little MotoGP because... Yeah, we have.
2: And we, we didn't get it in. And there was
3: some good racing, man, in Jerez. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I mean, we were ch- chatting away with uh, Ben, um, but uh, MotoGP was great. Three Spanish winners, effectively, or three Spaniards on the podium. Um, but what I wanted to say, I, I tweeted out earlier today, I wanted to talk about uh, Danny Pedrosa won the race, right? Yeah. Um, and Danny hasn't won since last year at Misano. Um, and uh, to be honest, in the last few years, Danny Pedrosa has been much criticised by the likes of Schwantz, by the likes of Edwards, by the likes of a lot of, lot of folk. Um, because he's had the dream job. And meanwhile, Marcus has been romping around on the same bike and winning championships. Um, so Danny has had a bit of a crisis. And um but he's back up now. Um but the the real story for me anyway, and I saw him last week, is that a former world champion in Sete Gibanao is the man in his corner. Fellow Spaniard and I think a perfect guy to be in his corner and I think that's been the difference. So wait wait,
2: what's his role? Uh basically
3: as a as a as a as a writer mentor. He huh. is looking after Danny Pedrosa and he's in the corner and he was in the pit today, uh, in, in the garage. And Sete is both an, a really interesting guy, fast guy, took on Rossi in the day. You know, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not that ancient by any means. So he knows the modern motorcycle. And I think he knows exactly what to do with Danny. And he's, and he's proving to be the one factor I think that Danny was missing. Um, he's a shy guy, is Danny's little fella. Um, he hasn't got the personality of, let's say, uh, Mark Marquez. And by the way, talking to Marquez, congratulations to Alex Marquez. Yeah, first uh, time. First time in winner. Moto2. In Moto2. yeah. Former Moto3 three world champion, but uh, totally dominated the weekend. And the fans, it, interestingly enough, in Areth, of which there are, what, 230,000 plus, but a lot of fans for him particularly, um, more so than his brother, not say more so, but you know what I mean? Those two are absolutely, if, if you can start a dynasty within a dynasty, i.e. the Spaniards, yeah. I mean, you know, Jorge is on the podium and he's got a corner named after him at yeah. that track. Yeah. Um, And that's another big story for Ducati is finally Jorge. Yeah. Uh, now, the podium. I have to say, if he'd have come 12th here... Which is literally his backyard, and Jerez has been so good to him uh, as a competitor, and like I said that the, the the corner the last corner named after him turned thirteen. Um, he also has come off worse at that corner too now and again, but um, if he was going to have a terrible weekend at Hareth, then we would be looking at the bike, but we're not. Um, he had a good weekend. he was still down on the Hondas, um, but it's a much better result for them, and if anybody's scratching their heads this weekend is gotta be Yamaha. Poor old Rossi ran out of tires, and where was Vinales? Remember Vinales, the guy that dominated until he got here? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That was was one of my questions, like, what happened? (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, certainly in terms of um, looking at the overall result, Rossi was way down uh, in terms of, uh, if if you look at the the, the, the thing to look at at the end of a MotoGP race is how many seconds behind the leader are you? And they were a long way behind. So there'll be some scratching of heads at Yamaha.
2: Yep. Well, we are out of time. We want to thank everybody. Thank our guest, Ben Keating, for coming on the show. Thank everybody for tuning in. And check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Lots of content. Check out our SoundCloud, too, because we got lots of content going up there all the time. I've done
3: some great interviews that we did at Circuit of the Americas with both Suzuki and Aprilia. So look out for those. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Happy trails.
1: Take talk with you anywhere with the all-new Talk 1370 app. Listen to your favorite shows. Keep up with the latest breaking news and more. Search for Talk 1370 in the App Store or find the links at talk1370.com. It's anywhere I need. Talk 1370, the right choice.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?